Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Now it's time for our children's message. In the first reading today, 
we heard about Abraham and Sarah welcoming three mysterious visitors in the heat of the day. In the gospel that we're about to hear, Martha is going to welcome Jesus into her home. Both of these stories talk about households offering hospitality to their guests in the form of gracious greetings, water for washing, shade for rest, food and drink, and attentive listening. How do we prepare when we have guests coming to stay? Summertime is a great time. I know that many people here have already had visitors this summer. I know I'm preparing for a visitor to come in the next two weeks. And how do we prepare? I know that I will be cleaning my house. <laughs> I have to go buy sheets for a bed that we don't use. I need to stock up my cupboards so that I can feed this guest. I have to buy coffee because we're not coffee drinkers, but our guest is. Now, if you're a kid, you probably have to clean your room or maybe move into a sibling's room and give up your room for that guest. And now, how do we as a church prepare for guests? There are some people in the church, I know because it's prepared, that prepare a meal for us every Sunday. And that prepare the candles, make sure everything's clean, make sure everything's in its place. We make sure that we have baptismal water in the font and it has been blessed. And how do these things feed spirits and our bodies every Sunday? How are people fed? We're fed through communion, we're fed through the word. We're fed through the food pantry that's open on Mondays. Sarah's cakes and Mary's attentive listening to Jesus can help us remember the ways that we're fed through our body and through worship. We are fed by Jesus. He is both our host and he is our guest. Amen. I want you to stand as we're able. Let us together welcome the gospel. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Now, as Jesus and his disciples went on their way, Jesus entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. It is good to be here. As Karen mentioned,
mentioned, I retired at the end of March after 32 and a half, almost 33 years of ministry. I served in Ketchikan, just shy of 14 years. And I was thinking as I was driving to church, I came up to Ketchikan in September. I think I was there two days before I was put on a plane and sent to Juneau, where I found myself here at Resurrection hosting the Southeast Cluster. And I was appropriately gifted a brand new pair of extra tufts that I still have. So it's a homecoming. And Karen asked in an email, I said I would be here, I needed a place to stay. Would you want to preach for me? I said, sure, if I can help her out a little bit, give her some space. And I'm on my way up to camp where my younger daughter is helping to coordinate that. So the two of us will be here for the week. And then I'm off to uh, the rest of the summer, which is uh, busy traveling here and there. Eventually in October, my wife and I hope to uh, settle in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico. We visited there a couple uh, months ago and uh, enjoyed the community. Let us pray. Again, Lord, it is good to be here among friends, among family, among your people. Open our hearts our minds, our lives, to receive your words, words of hope, words of new life, words of resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been doing an awful lot of reflecting as we moved things out of our house. Only 13 and a half years, and we had already downsized when we moved up to Alaska, but there are boxes, and I have to confess, I don't think I'm a hoarder, but I collect things and hang on to things for way too long. And I'm sorting books, and we couldn't take them all, so I have to decide what stays, what goes. I was sorting through files, and oh, there's an interesting, oh, I wish I'd remembered that one, you know, three months ago or something, some leadership materials. But I've also found myself reflecting on 32 years of ministry, and so much has changed. My second child was born in 2001, and that's 9-11, the year 9-11. I thought, wow, the world will never be the same. And our culture, our world really has changed. And I thought, what can compare to that? But then recently, we had these two years of pandemic, and we're still not out of it. And so much here has changed. How we think about ministry and how we live our lives and the priorities and the relationships, everything continues to change. Hopefully, in the midst of the change that we cannot see or predict or control, hopefully we find enough to hang on. What I wanted to talk about today, and I'm being challenged, one more change. When I was at seminary, I was trained to preach for 20 minutes. And sometimes, of course, you go longer, sometimes less. I'm going to really try not to do 20 minutes today. So I'm putting my notes a little bit on the side and wanting to talk about the presence of God. The presence of God. In the midst of change, where do we find God? Where do we find those nuggets of goodness that says life is still worth living? I was talking to my father-in-law recently, just this last week, and Somehow, in the midst of the different changes we were talking about in a non-church uh, context, 
But I said, uh, I was reminded of and I quoted that wonderful phrase of King Solomon written 3,000 or spoken 3,000 years ago, there's nothing new under the sun. And when I lived in Israel and studied Hebrew, I said, I'm going to learn that. So here it is in Hebrew. Ein chadash batachat shemesh. There is absolutely nothing new under the sun. And that is really an interesting thing to think about, being that we live in a modern world, sophisticated and all, and those words still resonate. And we're here today around the word of God, and we know the word of God still stands. There are enough nuggets. And we begin our worship service with confession, and we know that we can see and recognize the goodness of the Word of God, but hi, my name is Keith. I'm addicted to sin. No matter how hard I try to be the best me, I fail. I often tell people, I think I'm a pretty good guy. But if you really want to get to know me, talk to my wife and my daughters, because they live with me. And we could say that about each one of us. We project a certain image out there, but it's not always reality. And our faith says, you know what? That's okay. God still loves us. And these words of God still speak to us, even in the midst of change. So as I was looking at the story of Abraham, love Abraham. I think I identify with him as much as anyone in the Bible as a sojourner. I began my ministry in Israel. I was a missionary to Argentina for several years. I lived in Atlanta serving in the church. I lived in southern Wisconsin and I've been in Alaska and now I'm gonna go to Mexico. I'm a sojourner and I hang on to the promises of God. So having come from Arizona just yesterday, 100 degree plus, 106, 107 degrees, I was dying. The story of Abraham, the heat of the day. I've lived in Israel, it is hot. 120 degrees and you go and you find the shade and if you're out walking in the streets, you're going on this side because that's where the shade is. You go on this side and cross over because that's where the shade is on the next block and you're always looking for shade because that sun is relentless. And here's Abraham sitting under the oaks of Mamre. I suspect he already had his siesta. <laughs> and he's just kind of waiting for the sun to go down a little bit before he gets up and does. And he sees off in the distance the stirring of dust. We were driving across the country and we were looking at farm country and you just see the tractor. And you just see this trail like pig pen except a tractor, right? And there's Abraham looking and he sees these, strange, these strangers coming as they come closer. He sees the three of them. Now you and I might say, what an inconvenient time to receive some guests. But not Abraham. Abraham recognizes something unique. I mean, who walks in the heat of the day, right? But they come to him. And he recognizes this is something special. And, and so he, he says, break the cakes. And he goes and he gets the best lamb, not just a, or a, a calf, but the best calf. And they have a feast. And I can only imagine the sweat dripping down. The heat of the day. Total strangers. And of course, Abraham is shaped by that Middle Eastern custom of hospitality. 
When I lived in Israel, I still remember someone knocks on the door, they stop by and you say, are you thirsty? When did you eat last? Oh, I'm sorry, what's your name? <laughs> it's just human needs, you're welcoming people. And of course, theologically, Abraham and Sarah had received this promise of God. They are both ancient people. And I'm suspecting they had their doubts. And these strangers reminded them of God's word. One year from now, you in your old age will have a son. Fast forward to the New Testament. Martha was out and about doing her business and somehow her paths crossed with Jesus and she recognizes something unique. There's someone I want to get to know better. I want to spend a little more, I want to hear more of what he has to say about what's going on in the changing world of the first century. And she invites Jesus into her home. I suspect she knew when she invited him, uh-oh, there's cleaning to do. There, do I have food in the cupboard? How am I going to entertain? And so Jesus comes in, and I don't know if Martha was the older sister, the responsible one, but she did make the invite, and there's Mary doing nothing to help. I mean, you can hear Martha's complaining, Jesus, please, please tell Mary to do what she knows needs doing. Have her help me. And Jesus says, she's doing the right thing. She's enjoying my presence in your home. And we learn from Jesus' words that Martha was not just busy, but she was distracted by the busy. She was, she had Jesus in her presence and yet she was focused on so many other things. We don't really know what they were, but perhaps the cleaning that didn't get done, the bed that wasn't made or whatever, but she missed the presence of Jesus right there. Sometimes in the changes of our world, we, get distracted. I'm standing in this church surrounded by bright lights. Some people, I want to thank you all for being here because to do this, and I preached my first sermon in, in COVID in March, way back when, and, and I was in the back of the church with a little iPad going, I am not trained for this. <laughs> I really hope it works. And every Sunday since, till I retired, I really hoped <laughs> the technology worked. But on the other hand, this technology gives us opportunity, opportunities that we didn't have before. So that somewhere in Canada and somewhere in Arizona, my wife and daughter are watching and listening and participating in this worship, as are many, many more people, wherever there's internet. How cool is that? I wonder what Paul would have done with the internet, with such technology. So much change, and yet there's enough to hang on to the promises of God that we find in Scripture. There's enough to remind ourselves, and, and our work really is reminding one another when we get distracted. 
when we miss the strangers in our midst. And that's what Paul is talking about in his letter to the Colossians. He's reminding them, you know, you once were heathen, were sinners. You once lived for only yourself. But now in Christ, in a different letter, he says everything's a new creation. But he reminds, and this is his work, and it's not just theology that we have to, you know, go to college and then to seminary and then learn some Greek and some Hebrew to learn. No, Paul is saying, this is it. Christ alone. This is the work of God, a God unlike all of the other gods. Imagine, we're all pretty homogenous as I'm looking around this room, even though we have different backgrounds of sorts. But in Jesus' day, there were Greeks from all over different places speaking different languages. There were a variety of religions, a variety of philosophies. People believed and practiced all sorts of different things. And along comes Paul and says, there is one God and one Christ, and this is the work of God, and yes, there's room for you. This is the work of the church. Let's confess together. I believe, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, he was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. United in Christ and guided by the Spirit, we pray for the church, the creation, and all in need. Ever-present God, in Christ you fill all things. As your church gathers to hear your word, share your meal, and receive your blessing, teach us to welcome strangers as we have been welcomed by you. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ you created all things, visible and invisible. Teach humankind to honor and protect all creation, including living things that remain hidden from our eyes such as air, atmosphere, molecules, and microscopic creatures. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ, you reconcile all things. Motivate those in power to end enslavement, dehumanization, or brutality of any kind, especially at borders where migrants are dying, and in Ukraine, and to protect and improve the lives of indigenous peoples. God of grace, hear our prayer. Through Christ you bring peace. Assure all who are worried and distracted by many things of your constant presence. Soothe those suffering in mind, body, or spirit. Sustain all who are afflicted and those who serve as caregivers, especially overworked and exhausted medical professionals. God of grace, in Christ you make your word fully known. Inspire this worshiping community, Resurrection Lutheran Church, 
to abide fully in your word as we sit at the feet of Jesus. Bless the ministry of teachers and Bible study leaders. God of grace, hear our prayer. In Christ you brought forth the firstborn from the dead. We give thanks for the saints you have gathered at your table. Gather us with them in your eternal glory. God of grace, hear our prayer. God of every time and place, in Jesus' name and filled with your Holy Spirit, we entrust these spoken prayers and those in our hearts into your holy keeping. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. Let us pray. God of abundance, you have sent before us a plentiful harvest. As we feast on your goodness, strengthen us to labor in your field and equip us to bear fruit for the good of all. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught. Our Father, Father who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us announce together. The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. Now may the God of peace, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you, comfort you, and show you the path of life this day and always. Amen. Amen.
peace, love your neighbor. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see.